0: requires, cling to
1: the one Amen. Open your Bibles with me to Second Corinthians chapter number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 is where we'll be at today as we're going through the book of uh, Corinthians and Paul writes to the church at Corinth uh, answering questions. Um, straightening some things out and telling some things that they need, need to get right in their life and in the church. Amen. And that's still applicable to us today. The word of the Lord stands forever. The Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall endure forever. So those truths ring true to every generation, to, to every generation. So look with me now in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse number 1. The Bible says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. So Paul is telling the Corinthians here and encouraging them to make full use of the grace that has been given to them. And that's such great advice to us. Notice what he says in the first part of that verse. We then, as workers together... I'm here to tell to tell you that if you're saved, you're in the work together with others, whether you like it or not. We have been called to the Great Commission. Notice what he says, as workers together, amen, that's all of us, to each and every generation and to the next generation. Many times there's a generational separation. What I mean is the middle-aged uh, folks look at the younger folks and go, wow, they're messed up. They, I don't know what's wrong with this next generation. And the senior saints look at the, at the middle-aged folks and say, Man, I don't know what's wrong with them. It wasn't like that when we were coming up. And it becomes a, a separating point there. But I'm here to tell you, if you're 95 and somebody's 15 and you're both saved, listen to me, you're workers together for the grace of God, for the message of God. And he says in the last part of that verse, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. God's grace is so amazing. So many times the Bible speaks about grace, even in the hard times. Even when Paul was asking to remove this thorn in the flesh, he said three times, I besought the Lord to remove this. You know what God said? He didn't say, it'll be all right. I'll I'll take care of that for you. I'll get rid of all your ailments. I'll make everything all right. He said, no, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Can I ask you, do you have a physical ailment that that your body hurts or you're in pain or you have problems or difficulties? Can I just tell you that rings just as true to you? That His grace, God's grace is sufficient for you? Because look at it this way. Even if God healed you today and you had no more pain, you are still going to one day get old and die. And that's even if you're blessed. Many people don't get the chance to get old. They die young or middle-aged or 40 or 50. Um, and so you're blessed if you live to be a, a senior saint. Now, as an older friend of mine who's 80-something, he said that uh, this getting old is not for wimps is what he says. So it gets tougher uh, in the older years. But God still says that my grace is sufficient for thee. But in this verse, he says, ye also that you receive not the grace of God in thee. Vain. What does he mean in vain? Well, many people can say a prayer and want to be saved and not want to go to hell, but they've not done it the way God has commanded us to do it. They've not truly repented. They've not truly answered that call. As John six forty four says, No man come unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. They've not answered that call of the Holy Spirit when they knocked on his heart and said, hey, you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And see, that's what it takes. It takes the wooing and the drawing of the Holy Spirit showing you that you are a sinner, showing you that Christ is the way. And when you realize that and you you answer that call that God has put on your heart for salvation, you answer it and you repent and you put your faith and trust in him. The Bible says that you are born Again, you can receive uh, the grace in vain, meaning uh, you said a little prayer and you're hoping that's what saved you because all your faith is in that prayer. No, the Bible says that you must answer that call that God has put on your heart. Amen. John six forty four. read that. Verse number two, two, Corinthians chapter six and verse number two. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation, I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. He says, I've heard thee in the in the accepted time. And I like what he says about salvation. In the day of salvation, I secured thee. I secured thee. Your salvation is secure. Salvation is secure. Even if you don't have it, it's there. It's knocking on your door. And you say, But I'm too mean, I'm too wicked, I'm too vile, I'm too far gone, I'm too old, I've done too much, I've gone too far. No, the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? What does that mean, all to repentance? He wants each and every person to be saved. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Amen. Not tomorrow, not the next day, not next week, not next year. The Bible says now, now is the day. You see, because if you've, if you've heard that call, if you've heard that message, you are now responsible for what you will do with that message. And I've heard this said many times. Well, what about the guy that lives in Africa that's never met a missionary, never heard a preacher, never read a Bible? Well, the Bible has a verse for that. And it says that the the sun and the moon, the stars, and the earth declares of the glory of God and that there is a Savior, the Lord, Jesus Christ, and even says that so they are without excuse. So even if they've never read a Bible, never heard a preacher, God in somehow, some way has knocked on their heart to let them know that they're in need. Of a savior, Isn't that an amazing thing that somebody gets saved like that? I'm sure there's people been saved like that. The Bible says, so they're without excuse. And listen to me, God is fair, righteous, just, and holy. And he will not cast somebody into hell that did not have the opportunity to accept his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as their personal Savior. Like the, the end of that verse says, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of of salvation. Paul urges people to trust the Savior while you're still alive, while you're still breathing. Today is the day, because I'm here to tell you, once you pass away, once your heart stops, it's over, and that decision that you made while you was alive will last throughout all eternity. And say, hold on, you mean to tell me the decision I make now? If I wind up in hell, I can never get a second chance. That's right. That's what the Bible says. That's not what Mike Sadler said. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Now you take that how you will. See, there's one thing that God won't touch, and that's your own free will. You don't have to believe it. It does not matter. It's still going to be true. You don't have to believe it, but it's still true. The Bible says now is the day of salvation he wants each and every person to be saved and so do i and that's what our ministry is all about leading others to christ and helping people grow in christ and helping people witness for christ that's a big part of our ministry, ministries we print tracks and and books and you can go to our website we have a couple different good tracks and uh, they'll really lead people to the lord so if you say well i'm not good with talking to people well i can tell you this you can hand them a little cartoon track they'll tell them how to be saved how to have eternal life it'll let them know that now is the day of salvation amen not tomorrow not next week but today is a day of salvation. Verse number three, 2 Corinthians chapter six, of verse number three, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. So here Paul switches from the message which he preached to his own behavior in the Christian ministry And he realized that there was always people who are looking for an excuse. And just like there is today, there's always people looking for an excuse not to listen to the message of salvation. But look at them. They messed up. I know what they did. Did you hear what that preacher did? Did you hear what happened at their church? Did you hear what went down down there? And you know what they're really doing? Let me just tell you and what you're really doing if you're doing that. And what I did before I was saved is I was trying to make myself feel better about myself. But I'm here to tell you, God is not going to judge you by what that church did, by what they said, by what that preacher done, by what that pastor done, by what so-and-so did, by what, what this Christian did. God is going to judge you by what you did. And so by many people doing that, what they are doing is trying to make their own self feel better about their own self. But I'm here to tell you, what they did is not going to matter when you stand before God. What you did is going to matter when you stand before God. He's not going to bring them into an account. The Bible says, hey, those that judge themselves among themselves are not wise. That's what the Bible says. Don't look around and judge yourself by others. No, judge yourself by God's standard and God's holy word. That's what a wise person does, the Bible says says and so many will look around they'll find an excuse not to listen to that message of salvation the inconsistent life of a preacher that's that can be a big one or if a preacher messed up now he's still human he'd still be saved he'd still be a good preacher but maybe he just flat out messed up And they can use that, that, you know, look what that preacher did. I'm not going to believe that, but here, I'm just telling you, it's not going to matter what that preacher did. Maybe he messed up and fell in deep sin like he never should have, and he shouldn't have done that. But it doesn't matter. God's not going to judge you by what he did. God's going to judge you by what you did. Just remember that. So as we pointed out previously, the ministry here does not refer to some uh, dignified, ecclesiastical office, but... It refers to the service of Christ. Amen. The ministry belongs to all who are in Christ. Are you in Christ? Then you have a ministry. Make sure that you're living a life that it be not blamed, that somebody can't use that saying against you that look what they did. Look what they said. Look what happened there. Look how they responded. We should be living our lives so that others cannot do that, so they cannot use that excuse amen that's how we should be living our life verse number four second corinthians chapter six and verse number four but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of god in much patience in affections and afflictions and necessities and distresses he says approving listen to what he says approving ourselves as the ministers of god if you're saved, you're a minister of God. He says, in much patience and affliction and necessities and distresses. I looked up the definition of patience. I thought I knew what patience really was, but I had truly never looked it up. So I looked it up one day in the Noah Webster eighteen eight twenty eight dictionary just to see what patience said. And it says, basically taking all kind of calamity, hard times, hurt, pain, and suffering with unruffled feathers without getting worked up, without getting anxious or anxiety, without getting your feelings hurt. That's what patience is. And I thought, wow, I only thought I had patience till I actually read the real definition of what patience was. But the Bible says in much patience in afflictions and necessities and in distresses, that we should be living a proved life to God and before God, so that others may look at our life, that they may not have an excuse, but they can see Christ in us in our afflictions, in our hurt, in our pain. I tell you, there's something amazing when somebody's truly having a hard time in life. I'm talking about they've been diagnosed with cancer and they got three months left to live and they say, I choose to trust God. I love him and I'm gonna serve him for the last three months that I'm alive. I'm here to tell you that is so powerful. To me, there is nothing else that is more powerful of a testimony than that. When a person's dying, they say, I choose to trust God. I know that he's going to take care of things. I know that I'm going to be with him. Amen. That is an amazing testimony. And listen, don't fool yourself. That gets everybody's attention, even other Christians, because they go, wow, that's faith right there. Amen. They're living out. And that is a ministry. You are living out a ministry. Not only that you are encouraging others in the church because they go, wow. If they can go through that and, and keep their faith and keep their patience and, and be right with Christ and have a good testimony, amen, I'm, what I'm dealing with is nothing. And so, as the Bible says, but in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Verse number five. In stripes, imprisonment, in tumults, in labors, in watching, in fasting. Verse 6, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. And all that ties into verse number 6. Listen to what he's saying there. I'm going to read the first three verses together. But it it all ties into this. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. There you go. Then he gets into in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, imprisonment, and Tumults and labors, and watchings, and fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love, unfeigned. Wow, that is a lot, isn't it? That is a mouthful right there. That is a lot of hard times, hurt, imprisonments, and labors, and hurts, and pains. But he says, in all things, in all things, approving ourselves unto God. When you're rich, when you're poor, when you're hurt, when you're healthy, when you're sad, when you're happy, in all things approving yourself unto God and people notice that God notices that amen he sees that he saw the face faith of Job read the story of Job and all that he went through how he lost everything he lost his children he lost his home he lost his money he lost everything but his wife he lost his health he had boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet the Bible says that he was sitting in ashes scraping them Boy, howdy, how hurtful and painful they are. If you've ever had a boil I have on my legs, and now I tell you what, they hurt something bad. I couldn't imagine having them all over my body and having to scrape them while I'm sitting in the ashes. Very painful. But yet he choose to trust God. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen... We as Christians need to make that statement in our heart before anything ever happens, anything good or anything bad. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Though he let me go through hard times, hurt and pain and suffering, will I serve him. Amen. Verse number six there. It tells you that by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love, unfeigned in the good the bad the ugly the right and the wrong love him and serve him and put him first in your life and others will notice and he will too and can i just say that's when you'll have the most peace in your life that's when you'll know that i'm right with god sometimes we we want to base if we're right with god on our circumstances in life you go now why will all these bad things be happening to me if i was right with god I, i got run over I ran into a wall, I got stomped on, I got done wrong, I got cheated, I got lied on, I got stolen from, I got ran over, I got hurt. Why would all these things happen? We we base whether or not we're right with God by our circumstances, but I'm here to tell you that's a devil's lie. You cannot base your circumstances, your heart on your circumstances if you're right with God. Now you have to base your heart on the Word of God to see if you're right with God, not on your circumstances. Because I'm here to tell you, when you're right with God, your circumstances are most likely going to be hard. Your circumstances are most likely going to be hurt, pain and suffering. I'm here to tell you that the Bible says that demons are real and they know when you're right with God. They know when you're living for God. They know when you're putting God first. And I'm telling you they come after you with both barrels blazing when you put God first in your life because they want to stop you, they want to hinder you, they want to trip you up. They know they can't have you if you belong to God. They can't have you. You're his forever. The Bible says no man plucked them out of my father's hand. But I'm here to tell Tell you they're gonna do everything they can to trip you up, to stumble you, to hurt you. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And you are no match for him. I am no match for him. Did you listen to what that says? Spiritual wickedness in high places. We are no match for the spiritual realm. You will win that battle on your knees so you can't win a spiritual battle with physical means you've got to win the spiritual battle with spiritual means and god has given us the weapons of prayer and his word that's right god's word is a weapon the bible says it's sharper than a two-edged sword it cut into the joint to the marrow every time every time that the devil tempted jesus after he fasted for 40 days what did jesus say i'm here to tell you he said the same thing that you can say it is written it is written it is written it is written that man should not live by bread alone it is written we should not have bow down any graven images it is written can i just say if the devil can offer jesus all this world has to offer what could he possibly offer you he could offer you a lot as far as this world concerned but it's meaningless, it's pointless, it's vain, it's like a shiny fishing lure. It looks great, you want it, you'll chase it down. But as soon as you get it and it gets a hook in you, you don't want it no more because you realize it's void, it's vain, it's no good, it's not fulfilling, and it does nothing for you. But it sure looked good while you are going after it, just like a shiny fishing lure. Look with me now verse number 7. By the word of truth, by the power of God by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left the word of truth you know that that indicates that all Paul ministry was carried out in obedience of the word of truth just as we should have an honest ministry consistent live our life with a type of preaching that we're doing living out the word of truth before others so the power of god signifies that we are a child of god because people can see it upon our life his power working in us in our heart in our family in our church in our home and our workplace in our relationships, in our friendships, that they can see the power of God and the armor of righteousness on and in your life. Listen to what that verse says. Don't you want the armor, the armor of righteousness on your life? Amen. The armor on the right hand and on the left. By the word of the truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. And the armor is talking about in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, through 18 you know it pictures an upright consistent character a man is clothed in practical righteousness a woman is clothed in practical righteousness a child a teenager can be clothed in practical righteousness from god almighty and it comes from his word how, how do we get clean by the washing of the water of the word by reading the bible and by applying it uh, to your life amen not what we think not what sounds good, not what's popular, but what, what the Bible says. Verse number 8. By honor and dishonor, by evil report, and good report, as deceivers, and yet true. By honor dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers, and yet true. The good, bad, bad in the ugly verse number nine as unknown and yet well known as dying and behold we live as chastened and not killed verse 10 as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet making many rich as having nothing and yet possessing all things when you have christ you have everything without christ the bible says that you have nothing
0: we pray you have been blessed by today's message If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, youtube and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com if you are pregnant woman in need of help there is hope you can reach out to the citrus pregnancy center there are locations in inverness and in crystal river their phone number is 352-341-5176 that's 352-341-5176 this broadcast